we're live, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. I know we want to catch up on so much, but I made you stop. <laughs> <laughs> I made you stop until I pressed record. It's all good. All right. So you're in Chicago. Um, mm -hmm. How is life there in my hometown? I mean, I'm getting updates from my family, from my brother, but um, how you guys been, man? What's what's new with you? Um, I mean, it's it's quarantine, obviously. Um, but it's also like too cold to like do anything outside anyway. So mm -hmm. like, we've we've been kind of just not you know doing anything just because it's in. cold. Yeah, um, every night has been a Netflix night for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> what what shows are you watching? Uh, we started with Peaky Blinders. Mm, um, that's a good show. So we yeah we went through and did like a whole. I think we did the whole first season that we finished mm -hmm. last night, and I think we're gonna start the second season tonight um mm -hmm. but yeah no i mean it's you know honestly it's it's weird because uh you know i was just kind of like reflecting on a little bit but there's just it's just nice to have time at home like with family yeah. whoever the kids i know you can't see like all your family and all your <laughs> friends but like it's kind of nice to just have time at home and like take a moment and like for me i'm just catching up on a lot of projects mm -hmm. uh just i don't know sleeping in whenever i can uh um, yeah you know I, it's it's like i don't know it's just nice so I, mm -hmm. i'm like Obviously, it sucks, and I'm definitely not trying to downplay what's happening in the rest of the world or people who are suffering. But it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, just trying to make the best of the situation. And um, there's definitely some positives yeah. of of just kind of taking a step back and seeing what's actually important. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, I think that this has the effect of uh, just doing that, like, kind of, you know, just forcing everyone to slow down and just kind of, you know, mm -hmm. take a second to breathe. I think in the long run, it'll probably be good for a lot of people to just not have. Uh, you know, to be thinking about the grind all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed, man. So what are, you, what are you working on these days? Uh, for everybody listening or tuning in, Osman is a fantastic photographer. Actually, <laughs> you, you're multi-skilled. I know you're working on a bunch of different things. You dabble in music here and there. So uh, yeah. are, you, are you filling your time with any of that right now? Or is it more so just kind of taking a step back? Or actually, I mean, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? Because I feel like we haven't caught up in a minute. Yeah, so the nonprofit I'm working at, um, mm -hmm. sort of doing um, multifaceted marketing for them. Um, apart from that, just kind of catching up on a backlog of photos, just things I've been sitting on, um, you know, random remixes here and there, including, uh, the seasons remix, which I will finally be starting. I can't wait <laughs> to hear it, man. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. I'm excited for it. It's going to be cool. It's going to be like a slowed down, like future soul type, type right. thing. <laughs> we, we got a bunch of different versions up on it now. So I'm always, you know, it's as a, as somebody who as a creator i guess like you take something you kind of put it out to the world and then it's always mm -hmm. cool to see uh other people put their spin on it so yeah um, for sure fact, just just the fact that like it inspired you to hopefully create something whenever you have the chance um mm -hmm. yeah no that's really exciting i'm, I'm definitely pumped to hear it. <laughs> yeah i'm excited to put it out it's gonna be gotcha. fun um what about what about photography stuff you still working on that I mean, I yeah, see, I'm I trying see, to. I see, I see the post on Instagram every once in a while. <laughs> I still got the eyes, still messing with it. Yeah, I'm dabbling. It's it's just been so cold out, and this is Chicago, so you know yeah. it's not gonna get warm anytime soon. Um, I I, I feel you know, I've been trying to. It's officially spring, so it should yeah, get warm too. In theory. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. we'll have the coronavirus keeping us in. So I, that's it's... true. I <laughs> well, I, I'm hoping that it'll get better as the weather warms up but i'm sorry i cut you off you were you're no right you're fine open. i actually um i'm working on putting together a studio in my apartment because i'm looking I'm, i was looking away because i'm looking at the spot where the studio mm -hmm. is going to be i've got two photo lights i've got like backdrops coming in 
I've got oh, all that stuff. Okay. So pretty excited to play around with some of that. I've got like color changing light bulbs and things like that. So it's going to be pretty, uh, oh, cool. pretty nifty little studio. All right. Are you, are you looking to do, is it like people? Are you going to do like products? Um, like, I, I mean, I'm mostly just, people, like I want to do like people. headshots and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Like headshots and sort of like, um, I'm working on a clothing line for work. So part of it is, um, just having a space to shoot that like product mm -hmm. pictures of that, um, while not going outside. Um, yeah, yeah. I ordered it because it was cold, but I think it's going to come in useful because we're locked into our apartments now. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, I, I mean, I've been hearing reports and again, like, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to speculate or obviously this is all just speculation, but you know, th mm -hmm. this could go into like June or July and that would be, that'd actually be like best case scenario. Right. Cause the whole flat yeah. earth thing. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I mean, that's actually kind of crazy to me. I, not that I don't think that the entire world will be shut down the way that it is right now, but um, you know, this is going to have some long lasting effects. And I don't know that people have fully grasped that yet. I don't know that I've fully yeah. grasped it yet. Uh, I feel like there's new information every day. Sometimes a lot mm -hmm. of misinformation out there that you gotta. Oh yeah, for sure. You know. I, I actually do have a lot to talk about on that. Oh um, yeah. Please wasn't share. planning on doing it for this. <laughs> oh, but, I mean, if you, um, if, if, please, share. Dude, like I yeah, said, yeah, for sure. said just, give me all the juicy gossip. Who's, yeah, who's talking absolutely. <laughs> I think um, so. It's called news literacy, right? Like the idea that um, that you need to have an ability to sort of like filter the information that you're sort of taking in on a daily basis. Um, especially in times like this, um, it can become overwhelming very, very easily. Um, it can become a drag. So I think it's very important for us to sort of have a sense of like what information to, to take in um, and what else can be ruled out. Um, especially as I'm sure you know, like communities that, you know, don't speak English in Chicago and outside of Chicago, like, yeah how do you how do you like get information to them you know like those hindi and Urdu newspapers on devon avenue that like mm -hmm. people read for like their primary news source um just thinking about things like that like it's a really tough like thing to sort of like disseminate information to communities like that especially yeah. like sensitive information like this you know like how to well what's what's the concern there with those newspapers newspapers specifically is it just that the information isn't up to date is it like inaccurate I well, they're just an example, but I think it serves to uh, show that no news source can really be trusted. You know, like if you think about, um, like they they serve an important function in society, um, but at the same time, the people who write them may not necessarily be you know lifelong journalists or kind of have like an editorial um, like standard. So like I think it's important to. Um, Basically, they're just an example of, um, you know, like communities like needing the ability to access that kind of information in a way that's reliable, in a way that's unbiased, mm -hmm. um, in a way that, you know, like they can just trust the information that they're given, so which how, is not always the case. How, how do you, I mean, in your in your opinion, how do, how do you navigate something like that while still uh, making sure you're respecting, uh, I don't know what number of amendment it is, but freedom of the press? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's, it's, I mean, obviously like you mentioned this first thing that comes to my mind is like fake news. So this yeah. is obviously not, not just an issue related to, uh, non-English speaking communities, but, um, obviously there's a, a different kind of twist to it. There are a different, um, issue along the same lines, but mm -hmm. what, like, I mean, it's, how, do you even regulate something like that? How do you regulate something like that? Are you allowed to regulate something like that? I don't think we should regulate it. 
um, regulation kind of implies that, you know, um, we're, we're setting laws around something that shouldn't be governed, you know, like I do think freedom of press is an important thing. Freedom of speech is an important thing. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, if you, it's, it's like the equivalent of, um, trying to think of a good example. Like if you, if like the only information you have about coronavirus is coming from Fox news and that's the only information you take in, you're gonna have a very different idea of the, of the coronavirus crisis than someone who, you know, only listens to like world health organization reports, for example, do you get what I'm saying? Like it's, it's kind of, I think it's really important for consumers to know how to, um, how to be able to, to like filter out the news that has a bias, how to tell what news out outlets have bias and, um, you know, just kind of you like using that knowledge to identify new sources that they can trust. And that will give them an objective yeah. picture. I mean, if, if we're being honest here though, I feel like mm -hmm. every new outlet, at least in 2020 and even back in 2016, like every news outlet has a bias, right. And they're getting mm -hmm. worse and worse at hiding it, or they, maybe they don't even care about hiding mm -hmm. it anymore. Um, so I, I agree. I agree. I think that people should get uh, a diversified source of information, uh, right. or have diversified source of information. But I wonder how much of that is um, almost self-inflicted, right? Like, mm -hmm. I like what this channel is telling me, or I like what this newspaper is telling me. Therefore, I'm only going to read that, knowing mm -hmm. that, like, knowing that there's different information out there. You know what I mean? Right. So it's to me, I feel like. I, I agree with you, but I feel like the mindset, it's a mindset change more on the individual rather than, um, I don't know, unless you, it sounds like you're talking about like a systemic change. Absolutely. Um, I, I do agree that it is a mindset change, but at the same time, there's steps that, so like some of the organizations I work, they don't tell people what to listen to, but they empower them with the tools that they need to identify the sources that they should be listening to, if that makes right. sense. Uh, um, if you could explain further for myself and I guess other folks too. Yeah. So like what, what methods specifically they do? They, they have like, um, like online resources that help you find um, sort of like news articles and like news sources that are like unbiased. Um, I'm hesitant to shout out like a specific yeah. organization for this, but um, I, there are. I throw a disclaimer on there. This will only be on the internet <laughs> forever. So feel Absolutely. free. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there are organizations that, um, you know, they'll teach, they'll teach people through, through like making resources available and even like, you know, webinars and sort of like talks that they hold, um, mm -hmm. to uh, like the importance of seeking out information from different sources and also how to do that and how to identify sources that have faithful information. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I mean, I guess I'm still like, what, like how, how do they do that though? Mm -hmm. Let me, uh, sorry, let me just, I'm going to pull up, um, oh, okay. like one resource I was looking at. No, I, I, I mean, I, I, today, like I, I agree with you, um, definitely from a top down sense that it, it needs to be, I don't know. We just, we just need to be better about the, not just filtering, but also like you're saying, diversifying the places that our information comes from. Absolutely. But, so, uh, this one organization that I have pulled up right now, um, you know, it says they're combating misinformation about COVID-19 and they have a collection of accurate information and free resources that people can use. Um, so if you, if you go on this webpage, like 
you'll see sort of like why it's important, what is news literacy. Um, mm -hmm. Like they do sort of like quizzes and things that um, like help you figure out whether you're, or whether you trust the information or whether you should trust the information that you're getting. What's the name of the site again? Um, so this site, again, I don't want to speak for sure, an organization. One. Yeah. Um, but if you search news literacy, chances are this site will be in the first like five results. So news literacy. Okay. Well, I think yeah. that'd be a good, good practice. Yeah. yeah I mean, for sure. when, uh, since we're talking about this, did you, did you ever watch contagion? I did. Yeah. Way back. Um, mm -hmm. well, first of all that, I mean, I, I went and watched that in theaters and that freaked the hell out of me, but it's <laughs> uh, even more so now in terms of how it's kind of playing out, um, similar mm -hmm. to the movie. But, yeah. Uh, if you remember, there was the actor or the, the character that Jude Law was playing mm -hmm. and how he was, I mean, it ultimately, uh, sorry, spoiler alert for anybody who's, who hasn't watched the movie, but um, he, he talked about, or he, he was basically spreading misinformation about what would potentially cure the, the disease, right? Mm -hmm. Or the virus um, and how like, you know, CDC and I guess the government eventually ended up coming down on him. To me, mm -hmm. that's probably one of my biggest fears right now. And I, I don't even know how to say it. There's a there's that drug that keeps going around in all my WhatsApp groups and uh, hydro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I wasn't gonna try and embarrass myself like that. <laughs> hydro hydrochloride. I did it for you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you guys can figure it out. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I, I try to do a little research on it and I just feel like I, I don't know if I can trust the information. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. So at this point, it's like I don't know if there's uh, a snake oil salesman out there who who put it up and and is doing it or you know profiting from it or if this is actually legitimate uh and, and i mean i'm not i'm not saying this you know for people listening i'm not saying this one way or another it's just like i don't know what to trust and i think yeah. the fact the fact that like obviously it was fictionalized in the movie but the fact that we know that stuff like that exists mm -hmm. uh makes me hesitant to just kind of like jump in right like i like one of the saddest things that that I I did read about was I think in Iran, uh, not I think, but in Iran there were like forty people that died one day due to alcohol poisoning, because mm -hmm. they heard that if you drank a certain amount, and and of course like in Iran like alcohol is illegal, but that if you drank a certain amount, uh, it would kill the virus or it would it would prevent or yeah it, it would like cure it or prevent it or whatever the case is, and there were like forty people who you know died just because of that in one day mm -hmm. so you know what i mean like it's that and that's that's like on a different smaller scale but i feel like i just how do you, how do you trust what's out there yeah for sure and that's really tough i think um like for example like what i do is um try to examine like what kind of biases like the news outlet would have like for a very easy example like i saw an article the other day that said something like the headline was something like 75% of New York City's restaurants will not survive the COVID crisis. And that was the headline. Um, and I thought that that was kind of a crazy claim to make. So yeah. I, I clicked onto it and the article was written by the New York City like Restaurant Association or whatever. Like the organization name was very similar to that. And mm -hmm. like, if you think about like what they have to gain from that, um, they're probably like a nonprofit organization, you know? And like, if they put out information like that, people will give them donations to, you know, be like, hey, do something about this. And that's that's a very like clear cut bias to me um, yeah. that like, if they communicate that, you know, terrible things are gonna happen in New York City's restaurants, then mm -hmm. they make a case for themselves. Um, well, it's, it's helping them, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of like shining a light on your own backyard and saying it's on fire, so. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's actually, I, again, I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's really important for folks uh, and myself first and foremost to be mindful, like when looking, looking up this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, man. Well, I mean, how, how else has quarantine life uprooted everything you're doing? Are you, are you working remote then? I am. Yeah. I'm hundred percent remote right now. And actually I'm enjoying it to be honest. It's <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> kind of nice right yeah it's really nice um, now now was it was your position or did people at your at your company work remote before this there or, there or was, was protocol oh there was um, okay but nobody really like ever did it um and so this is like probably the first time ever that there's been this like large-scale deployment of like remote workers so like our entire office is shut down um all of that is just like we're, you know everyone's working from home like nobody's yeah. there still so it's interesting, um, like how that plays out. I feel like I, I feel like this will be hopefully somewhat eye-opening for most of corporate America. Um, mm -hmm. I, again, like there are jobs that you have to go in for, but you know, for the jobs that can be done remote, I wonder if if companies will start to kind of think differently about it uh, mm -hmm. in the sense that I don't know, they could probably save money on office space and you know what I mean, like things like that if they if they embrace this because of the fact that obviously we don't know how long it'll be going on, but I feel like it's showing people the value of being able to work from home. Right. Yeah, absolutely. At least, I, at least that, that would be the hope for people who like or enjoy working from home. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I, I do think that's true. Like there's going to be that, um, like, I think we're going to come out of this with, with better, um, like systems for work from home overall. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to come out of it with more, um, I think companies will be more flexible overall. Um, about like, you know, people's ability to work from home. And like, um, I think society in general will be more like, okay with it. Like, I think there's a lot of companies still that um, they they just like will not consider working from home because that's not true productivity to them. Yeah. Um, but I think that this is a case study for things like that and how it can be successful. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is uh, like, when does, when does certain social like norms and not necessarily stigmas, but just like social kind of, just things that would happen, go back to normal. And mm -hmm. I, I'm like thinking about myself, like when, when am I going to be in a room, hear someone else cough and not think to myself, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, did, like, did I catch it? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in the same, in the same vein, like I feel like for the next at least three, maybe five years with this yeah. kind of freshen people's minds, if you, if you go to work and like you're coughing, everyone's gonna be like, dude, go home. Like, I just, yeah, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's not going to be this. No, like you gotta, you gotta tough it out. It's like people are going to be like, get the hell out of here. Like, I don't want to catch yeah. what you have because last time it, it killed, like, I don't know, whatever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, but you're enjoying working from home. I am. Yeah. I think I'm more productive working from home. Um, like generally speaking, I think um, it also gives me more time to sort of like tackle things that I have not been doing. Um, you know, like, I have more time to like do music now and I have more time to, um, you know, just do random, just like creative things that I feel like doing in the moment and just haven't done because, you know, I had a long day at work and then I came home and didn't want to do anything. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the simple fact alone, unless, unless you live right next to your work, I mean, you're getting mm -hmm. anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours back in your day. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And that's, and that's probably not even counting, you know, getting ready and dressed and all that in the morning. I mean, of course you should still be presentable, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess you don't have to be, everybody's in their pajamas these days, right? <laughs> yeah. I haven't worn jeans for like two weeks, man. <laughs> <It's> great. <laughs> is, so is that, is that how long you've been remote? 
Uh, almost two weeks, yeah. I think um, we started like the Wednesday. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. It's it feels like so long ago too. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I I know my like my brother for example. So it wasn't this past Friday. I I don't know, but I feel like early on, and he works he works at a bigger bigger company too, which I mm-hmm. won't name here. But um, you know, they really early on they had like a certain Friday where they just told everyone except for IT to work from home because they wanted to like stress test the network. Right. And Mm -hmm. this was like before things kind of really hit the fan, but like the fact that, you know, big corporations like Facebook and Amazon and Apple were all like telling people to work from home. And I was hearing about him, uh, my brother's company telling people to work from home. Like it was Mm -hmm. just, you knew that something was going to end up happening at some point. And I was like, okay, well, this is eventually going to filter down to smaller companies. And like, the thing I think that, you know, what we were talking about earlier with the restaurants, I think that to me is like one of the, one of the toughest ones, because as it is like the restaurant business is so incredibly difficult to yeah. eat as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, you know, for mom and pop shops, like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to agree with the article that you, that you had brought up. I like, I don't, I just don't know how, how this will play out in allowing a lot of those companies to survive. Right. Like, in, in a way, uh, we've kind of been doing our part where uh, once or twice a week or a couple times a week, we're, we're trying to order out just to, you know, have, well, it's, it's nice to also have like fresh food, but, right. uh, you know, just to kind of support and keep those businesses running. But like, I, I remember I ran out uh, on Thursday before like the lockdown here was officially implemented. Mm-hmm. And like, I went to this restaurant, which is normally popping. And obviously like it's, it's carry out only, but it was like me and one other person inside. And we and I was like, I don't even want to be anywhere near this guy. I'm just gonna wait for my number to be called and go in. Mm-hmm. But definitely, definitely, definitely crazy times, man. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like even in the best of times, people are gonna say like, you know, owning a restaurant's a bad investment. So like, I don't even know how they must be feeling right now. Yeah, no, um, I, I def- definitely wish them luck in terms of trying to figure out how you know how to, how to navigate this. I, I, mm-hmm. We don't we don't have to go to the politics, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know if you've been following you know, the stimulus packages that are being discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that'll definitely be good for people. Um, but one of the things that I'm just not hearing from either side is, is just, you know, small businesses and how, how this will really help them in the long term. Yeah. Short term too. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. Crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, uh, my dad's a small business owner and um like every brown dad, he's the most stubborn, like human being on the planet. Oh, and, we, like, got, we got that in common, man. We got that. In yeah, common. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he's he's like you know still going to work, still doing all that stuff. Um, and his small business is a shipping business, so I guess he's like an essential business now. Yeah, yeah. But like back when I asked him, you know, like what are you gonna do? Are you gonna close or what? Like he was like, you know, I can't because like you know still have to pay rent, still have to you know like do all that stuff. Um, and retail spaces like rent isn't cheap um and you know he's essential so he can stay open but think about like you know all the like 90 other percent of businesses mm-hmm. that have been forced to close yeah um, no, I, I do I think mean, my my, da- my dad is actually falls into that category where like he mm-hmm. he's against my wishes and my advice he stayed open like he, he owns a small shop um mm-hmm. and, and he stayed open until the the lockdown was enforced right and i was like mm-hmm. all right now the government's saying it so let's not get a fine here why don't you go home? right <laughs> but you know i i think the, the good thing for him is that like you know he's he could be retired if he wanted to i think he he just does it because it keeps him active 
Yeah, um, stay busy. So it's like one of those things where I'm like, just look at it as a vacation. Like, take take the week off. You know, treat your employees well, pay your employees for the week, and just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Just just like take some time off because like literally the whole world is shutting down. So yeah, so you, should, you should you should do kind of like you know follow follow the CDC guidelines and all that. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, I don't I don't know. It's I think it's it's gonna be really tough, but I'm I'm hoping like. I see a lot of really positive things um, that, you know, the things that like give you faith in humanity <laughs> where you just, you mm-hmm. just see a lot of folks who are, are really coming through. And I mean, oh, well, we should probably talk about uh, doctors and, and people in the medical field and definitely give them a shout yeah, out. For sure. mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really nice to see folks who are coming together and, and doing things for the general good, because I, I think this is one of those things where it's like, hopefully once in a lifetime where like literally everybody in the world is experiences experiencing the same thing at the same time. Um, yeah, maybe on different absolutely. levels, but you know, this is definitely top of mind for anybody who's out and about or, or struggling with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Shout out to the medical community, like, <laughs> and shout out to everyone who, um, you know, is essential right now. The people that mm-hmm. um, may not have been given a second thought before, are now the ones carrying society through, through the coronavirus crisis. So that's pretty amazing to me. No, well, I mean, you know, you know, the Brown community, we've always loved our doctors. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I I think, I think the important thing now is like just making sure. And I mean, I'm I'm obviously speaking from ignorance since I'm not in any of these supply chains, but um, it is, it is really nice to see a lot of companies stepping up um, and hopefully it's not just talk, but stepping up to, produce more masks and respirators and things like that, that are desperately Mm -hmm. needed. Um, I just don't know, like, I don't know the turnaround time to make those things and how do you refit a a factory or manufacturing facility? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, I hope, I hope that curve doesn't come too soon. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting case study for that kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. Um, Like how to very quickly, um, and in a very agile way, like sort of like, you know, rework those supply chains to, mm-hmm. to sort well, of like a single purpose. The, uh, the precedent for it was World War II, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause that's what I'm thinking about a lot is, is how a lot of these companies just started creating, you know, military equipment and started producing all of that. So it's, it's definitely doable. Um, mm-hmm. I think it just, it just takes some leadership, uh, leadership initiatives from, when I say top down, I'm not just talking about the government, but you know, top down at these corporations as well. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, dude, let's let's like move on to something a little happier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like no, but... I, I feel like I'm just gonna be talking about this the entire time. It's like really front of mind. But mm-hmm. uh, what what else have you been up to? You watching? Are you watching anything good on Netflix? Any any recommendations for me and the, the listeners here? Um, so I'm a huge fan of Narcos. Uh, so Ooh, nice. Okay. Uh, I've, I've seen all four seasons now. I finished Narcos Mexico last night, um, and it was okay. amazing. And we, we watched the first episode of Narcos Mexico. She wasn't feeling it, so I think I'm uh-huh. going to go it alone. But uh-huh. uh, I, I liked it. I, I really enjoyed the first three seasons. Uh, I like mm-hmm. this kind of change of pace. I'm a big fan of uh, – oh, gosh, what's what's his name now? The main character or one of the main characters in Narcos Mexico? Pedro Pascal? No, well, Pedro Pascal was in Narcos Oh, oh, uh, Diego Luna. Does he play Felix? Uh, I mean, Diego. De Luna, I mean, he's he's cool. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> who's who's the other guy though? Not, I'm I'm gonna hate myself if I can't get this. Uh, the guy who the guy who plays the FBI agent or CIA? Oh, uh, Michael Michael Pena. 
Michael Pena. Yeah. Dude, that guy's been in like everything. And he's, yeah. he's like, and the thing is like, it's, it's usually like comedy movies, right? That he's in, but it's, yeah. it's actually really cool to see him flex some of his acting chops being in this kind of role. So I, I don't know. Yeah. It was just cool for me to see like him, person of color, somebody who's been around the industry for a while, get like a leading role in, in you know, such a, a, a major show like this. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said, I saw the first episode. I, I thought it was great. So I, I'm excited to, to watch it. I'm sure Diego, uh, De, La... Diego Luna. <laughs> De Luna. Yeah. No, Diego Luna. Oh, Diego Luna. Diego yeah. <laughs> as well. he, I think the only thing I know him from was, uh, he was in star Wars. Like Rogue, one, star Rogue Wars one right? Yeah. yeah. He's in star Wars Rogue one. I don't know. You know, you know what I, and this is nothing against him. This is, I just didn't like his character in that movie. So now I, I hold mm -hmm. that bias against him in every other role. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll yeah. see how it goes. I will say um, I'm always impressed by like, by uh, like really comedic actors who I think Michael Pena might be a comedic actor. I don't know. Like I haven't seen him in all, like a bunch of other things. I know he was in that man and like, he was in like, like he's a pretty funny actor, um, yeah. but he can also pull off like serious roles like extremely well. And that's something I always find impressive and comedic actors can do that. There was a movie that he did, um, a Netflix movie called Extinction. And that was the first time I saw him in a leading role, which I, th I thought was really cool. And the, the premise of the movie was was actually fantastic. I, well, I'm, a, I'm a big sci-fi uh, junkie. So like the, the premise of the movie was was fantastic. Um, I, I, won't, I won't get into it in case anybody wants to watch it. But I, like that was, that was the first time I saw him in kind of a, a more serious leading role and i was impressed and just kind of glad that he got the opportunity so it's cool to see him kind of uh building upon that yeah for sure um i think i think he's probably gonna be like one of hollywood's most famous actors after this so like do you like in so? the, give him like give him like whoa, 10 whoa, years whoa, whoa. i think he's gonna whoa, be whoa, whoa. Bro, <laughs> like that's, that's quite the claim and now it's here on the internet back it up dude back it up I just he's I'm 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 speaking off of what I perceive his talent to be, um, okay. which I think is is like sky high. So like, I feel like give him ten years and he's gonna be like. We're talking about Michael Pena, not Gilles yeah, okay. correct, yeah, um, yeah. No, I think he's a really really good actor. I mean, I love him. If you can't tell, so. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <okay. laughs> um, took you a while to remember his name when I was struggling, but now here we are. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. I, I mean, I, I, nothing against the guy. I, I, I hope so. I, I hope, I hope everybody has is successful in their career. So yeah, for sure. But, but definitely him. Like I said, I, I don't know. I feel like I've seen him around in, in a bunch of movies, usually as a, a side character or comic relief or something. So uh, mm -hmm. it would definitely be cool to see him kind of rise the ranks of, of Hollywood. If there, if there will be a Hollywood, gosh, see, look at me. So I'm going back to coronavirus now. Okay. Like, uh -huh. what is this gonna? What is this gonna do to all of our shows and movies? And I know this is such, such first world problems, right? And I, I don't actually mean this seriously, but from from like a consumption standpoint, like I'm freaking out. Uh -huh. I don't mean it seriously. I'm just joking. But I do wonder about you know when will we get or how long will it take for for movie sets and production studios and things like that to to get back up and running, right? Because mm -hmm. this is something that's gonna be delayed three months before life starts to get back to normal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of things that we were expecting, a lot of things that were kind of on the docket are going to be, I don't know, anywhere from six months to an, a year pushed back. Plus yeah. you're going to have a lot of folks who are like primarily contract workers that are going to be out of work for a bit. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I think uh, like movie studios are probably used to that, right? Like they, 
um, like at the drop of a hat, you know, they could probably set up and start filming or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know how putting movies together works, but <laughs> I assume it's something like that. We should just get the, we just get the trailers. <laughs> I've always wanted to, to direct a film, so I'm kind of putting it out there into the world right now. But Let's do it. I'm not. All I, I see know. is like, um, so Chicago Fire actually filmed like across the street from my office um, like a couple of weeks ago. And literally like a few days before we went remote because of coronavirus, like they were out there shooting. And like, I remember the the morning that they were there, like the whole street was just, there were like like eight, like just giant, like white trailers. And like on the sidewalk, there were like tables with like snacks and stuff. And I thought it was like some kind of conference or something, but like, oh, no, it was literally, that, right? <laughs> yeah. And it was a scene that probably like the final cut of the scene is probably going to be like maybe three minutes, but like they had all of that there just to shoot that like one part that's like three minutes long. Isn't, isn't it, isn't it crazy? Like, yeah, they have like hours of footage and they're going to cut it down to three minutes. Actually mm-hmm. speaking of which, this always reminds me because I, I, you know, love him or I hate him. I respect the hell out of Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. Did you watch the most recent mission impossible movie? I think so. I think uh, I've seen all of them. <laughs> they're, they're all kind of the one with Henry Cavill. Oh yeah, yeah, I did see that. Uh, well, I, so there was a scene in there where they they uh, there's like skydiving, right? Like they jump out of the plane. There's a whole like fight sequence that happens, I think, up in the air. Uh-huh. Um, if you remember it, if you don't, whatever, it's fine. But like, there's a whole fight sequence where they're they're doing this, and it's filmed around like sunset time because I think that was like mm-hmm. when they had the perfect lighting. Mm-hmm. So, and Tom Cruise does most of his stunts maybe all of them i, I, I shouldn't I, I know that he does a lot of his stunts that's why i respect him so much because he's dude's like 50 years old now and still like jumping off buildings and stuff mm-hmm. um in fact i think he even broke his foot and they had to delay production for like six weeks uh yeah but sorry I'm, i will get to the point of my story <laughs> uh that that aspect or that that scene that they were doing and i think it was no more than maybe five if any or ten minutes potentially within the movie mm-hmm. of having this fight sequence while skydiving they filmed it and they could only do one take every night at sunset mm-hmm. and they did 55 takes of it. So for two months, 55 days in a row, this dude jumped out of a plane and filmed something every single day for two months. That's me's nuts. Yeah. For, for, for like, you and know, yeah. six, seven, eight minute scene in a movie, which, uh, you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> it came out great. But like, I just like, that's, that's a hell of a commitment. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, it really kind of like it makes me think about like um, people who like crews that shoot like documentaries and stuff like mm-hmm. how you kind of have to count on like the moment being right and like if you if you look at like you know the the like best looking documentary you've ever seen like it's, it makes it all the more amazing that they were able to get like you know presumably like one take of something mm-hmm. um, and have it look that good and like that perfect um, just kind of speaks to like you know their technical skill mm-hmm. but yeah, to your point about Tom Cruise, like it's insane, like how, um, like I've heard the stories, like how crazy it is that he's like, <laughs> you know, running around, dude. Yeah. Um, well, spe- actually, speaking of documentaries, um, on Netflix as well, we-, we watched it maybe like a month or so ago, but the, um, the Who Killed Malcolm X documentary series. Mm-hmm. Did you have you gotten have you gotten to watch that? Um, I have not. Is it pretty Are good? You, I, I mean, I, I, mm, I liked it. Uh-huh. Uh, there were parts that were a little, pre- no, not even predictable. 
There, there mm-hmm. are parts, there are parts that I have my issues with. I'll just say it that way. But on, mm-hmm. on the whole, I, I thought, I thought that it was really cool that, um, you know, somebody was kind of exploring who, who actually killed Mac, Malcolm X, uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, very kind of scientific approach and talking to community members and things like that. But it's, I, it made me realize that like, they're, they never, like, they never caught potentially the right guy, right? Like, there's always this, like, who did it and who set them up to do it? Why did they do yeah. it? You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, did you ever read his book, The Autobiography of Malcolm X? Or I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, to me, that's, like, one of my favorite books. He's, he's to me, one of the most fascinating people in the last hundred years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, because I do wonder, as, you know, as a Muslim in this country, what life would have been like had he not been assassinated, right? Like mm-hmm. what, the, what the culture around what he was building towards the end of his life would have become, um, mm-hmm. if he'd been given the opportunity to kind of like really shift the narrative and and you know continue doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I don't know, man. It's it's to me it's, it's fascinating. Obviously, we're living in the past here and talking in hypotheticals, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just found it fascinating. So I, I brought it up since you mentioned documentaries. But yeah, I would, for sure. I would, I would yeah. If you're stuck at home because of the virus <laughs> outside. It's trying to, you know, take over the world. So yeah, no, I think at this rate, I'm probably gonna go through Netflix's entire catalog in like the next two months. So what else? What else is on the on the watch list? Oh, say, uh, Sacred Games. I'm a big fan of um, Sacred Games. Yeah, with um, it's it's like here's the thing, and this is kind of a hot take. Um, okay. All Netflix crime shows are the same. Like they're filmed exactly the same and like this sort of like art direction is all like entirely the same it's just like different plot lines and different actors that's my hot take for netflix crime shows okay that being said you give me two shows that that you think uh parallel each other to to sacred games and narcos to me have very similar like look and feel okay even though Um, narcos is somewhat based on history yeah okay yeah i think just the way it's filmed like the cinematography um Mm -hmm. sort of like the overall mood of it um like I wouldn't be surprised if they had the same cinematographer. Um, gotcha. Okay. But I I like I, love Marcos. I I'm I'm sure I'm sure they do actually because I'm sure Netflix probably recommends a lot of the same folks who yeah have a sure. to to different um, showrunners that are looking to hire people. Mm-hmm. But also like Netflix can make anything look amazing. Like they could make a show about like I don't know like curling. <laughs> high praise for netflix i mean I, I know we're desperate right now because they're all we have it's like uh-huh. them and disney plus at the moment that are are probably making out like bandits yeah for sure do you watch anything on disney plus you know i i got it for one month in uh november december or like around that time period to watch the star wars um mandalorian mm-hmm. but i i don't know i just got rid of it it wasn't about the money it was just about like I just didn't want to get sucked in more, right? Like as it is, I have yeah. the longest time we we weren't getting Netflix. Mm-hmm. Not not because we we're trying to save cash, but it was like one of those things. Like if it's there, it's just too easy to watch. And like for me, like I just want to try and be productive and do all. You know what I mean? But like we we eventually we eventually caved. She wanted it, so she won, of course. But <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was one of those things where it was like, um, I don't know. Like I I just didn't want to get Disney Plus because I feel like I'll end up watching all 10 seasons of x-men you know what i mean like i just know the yeah. x-men, x-men cartoon like i grew up with it and i know like i would love mm-hmm. to like, at some point in my life go through and binge all 10 seasons of that show so like i don't know i guess maybe the, now would be the time to do it but do, do you have yeah it? i i did the exact same thing you did and got it in like december 
just to watch The Mandalorian. Okay. Um, what do you think of The Mandalorian? I, I actually, so I lose interest in shows very easily. Um, okay. And The Mandalorian, unfortunately, was a show that I lost interest in. Hey. But... <laughs> It got it got super filler episode around like see, uh, episode three or four, and yeah. It, it was only because I was watching like with my mom and my brother while at home for the holidays that mm-hmm. like we didn't have to finish it. My mom loved it. She she came to visit the weekend that just now was in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember what weekend that was, but um, she's she like we were we were going to it's now for like one of the evening like things. Yeah, and at that point, like she had started, like we had it just going on the TV, and like she got into it. Um, so she skipped us now to watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> not Pretty sure much. she appreciates you saying that on the air, but <laughs> you know what? But you know what? Baby Yoda has that effect. Baby Yoda. Yeah, absolutely. So I would, I would die for Baby Yoda. <laughs> the, the one good thing about the Mandalorian. How, how far did you get then? Do you I think I, so there, I, there are eight episodes. So did you get halfway mm-hmm. at least? Sorry, I think I got to like episode six. Episode six. Wow. Yeah. So you were two episodes away and you just gave up. I gave it a shot. Yeah, no, I I have a bad habit. Like I started watching the breaking. Oh, snap. I think we lost him. He's good? coming back. All right. There you are. All right, you started watching Breaking Bad. Don't tell me you didn't finish Breaking Bad. I did not finish Breaking Bad. Oh, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna sign you off. <laughs> <laughs> just kick you off right now. But so how, hold on, but how far did you get into Breaking Bad? Um, I like three episodes in. Like it wasn't a lot. Okay. Okay. I didn't give it a real shot. To me, that's understandable because uh, season one of that show was one of the slowest things and probably one of the most painful things to watch. Like I love that show. I think it's it's definitely up there as one of the top. But it just took them too long to get to the premise of what we know the show to, was to be about. And yeah. when you, when you have an opening scene where you know. uh Walter White, I forgot, uh, Brian Cranston runs out in his underpants and is talking to a camera saying like to the authorities, this is not an admission of guilt. This is a message to my family. I did this. Blah. You're like, oh my God, like this show is starting off at a hundred miles an hour. And then it yeah. just goes super slow. And I think the first season was like six or seven episodes and it really didn't pick up until like the sixth episode. And then even season two, like slowly churning, but I felt like the finale of season two mm-hmm. through the end of the show was phenomenal. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's, that's what people remember it for. So, like, no, I don't know if you'll ever end up going back to it, but for people who are thinking about giving it a shot, I would say just be aware of the fact that it, it's it is slow the first couple of episodes. It's a lot of like story building, maybe a little too much. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it again, but I kind of don't mm-hmm. want to. So, I I kind of don't want to because there's like literally too much television to catch up on. Like, I I'm becoming yeah. socially irrelevant in conversations with friends now because I'm like, hey, did you want? <laughs> I was like, oh, is that a show? Like, is it on is it on uh Netflix? They're like, no, bro, Hulu. I was like, oh, I don't even I don't even have Hulu. I've never had Hulu in my life. So Hulu's to- the worst. Hulu uh I could I could talk for a while about Hulu. So tell me why I shouldn't get Hulu. Because the the only reason why I would get Hulu is not for Hulu itself, but Disney Plus is offering that bundle where you get um ESPN Plus and Hulu as mm-hmm. well. Um and I, I mean, I want ESPN Plus just because I follow MMA quite regularly, and a, a lot of fights that they have are on there. Except for, I think everything is for pay per view is on there. So mm-hmm. I would, I would have gotten it for that, but I think I'll hold off until the fights actually start up again. Yeah, which you know you have like a couple months before. Um, <laughs> uh, why no Hulu? 
To, to be honest, I only Ooh. know two shows on Hulu. I, I think I've heard of The Handmaiden's Tale. Is that a show? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then everybody keeps talking about Rami, and I, I haven't watched it, but there's definitely a lot of talk within the community about whether or not it's a good show. Yeah. But yeah. What's, what's your take on Hulu as a whole? Hulu as a whole is like, like okay, I, I have Hulu. Um, I think I pay like $12 a month for it. Um, I don't know how much I really pay for it. It's like something around that. <laughs> Dude, for that, for that much, I think I think if you pay a dollar more, you get all of them. You can, you yeah. can maybe Yoda then. I mean, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to end up doing okay. now that I know that right, I'm right. on this podcast. <laughs> all right, so um, I what it, like so they have two membership options. One of them's like mid range, and it's like you pay like the amount of money. I think it's like seven dollars, and then like there's ads, and then yeah, you ad version and ad free version. Well, here's the thing. The ad-free version is not ad-free. Like, I'm paying the most expensive, like, tier, but I still get ads. And every time I get ads, it just, like, kills me. Because, like, like the, it's just the principle of it. Like, if I'm paying for Hulu, like, I don't need, like... <laughs> so, hold on. What ads are you getting? Just, like, random ones. Like, I get a lot of Toyota ads. I think they're... Oh, okay. Ads. It's not it's not on Hulu show ads. No. Okay. Because because the thing is, I remember there was a huge uproar when Netflix, there was like a rumor that Netflix was going to like start advertising on their mm-hmm. uh, on their platform. And people were like, oh, Netflix starts advertising and like I'm out. But then I heard like they were only considering like advertising Netflix content in front. Yeah. of, And I was like, OK, people are like crying about this yet hbo does it every single time right like you watch any yeah. hbo show and they're, they're like promoting other hbo shows so I, I just felt like it was a little hypocritical but of course that that was never like confirmed so i was just curious if hulu was doing the same thing um yeah but it's just but, like, I mean, like if, if you're getting toyota commercials then it's not the same thing so eating <laughs> <laughs> supplies and toyota commercials so it's I, mean, not- I, love, I love toyota i just don't want to see them on my tv i'll drive them <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I get Toyota ads across YouTube. I don't know why, because I have no interest in Toyota. Bro, so. they, are, they are racially profiling you. They absolutely are. <laughs> because they know if there's anything that a brown parent will drive, it's a Toyota Cam- Camry. You know what's worse is that if there's anything else a brown person would drive, it's probably like BMW. And I have a BMW 4 Series. So like it's... Oh, snap. It's I don't yeah. get BMW ads. You're though. not getting BMW ads though. No, yeah, no. BMW doesn't waste their time. <laughs> I was gonna say BMW does not even. They don't even want to be associated with Hulu. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're like they're not even gonna advertise the mid range like subscribers. No, because they're paying seven dollars. <laughs> like if these guys can't even upgrade to the highest level, then they're definitely not gonna be buying our cars. So let's not. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two, those are the Toyota buyers. The the BMW <laughs> <are the> drivers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just wait, wait. Those those will be the first ads that pop up when Hulu does start having ads on the premium, or Netflix starts having ads on the premium. Oh, absolutely. I think just because I talked about it, I'm going to start getting like Instagram ads oh. for both of them. Your your phone is always listening. Do you know, know I was talking. I, I was telling Asma like I was talking to her about like apartments. I, I don't I didn't search requirements. I didn't do any of that stuff. Like I literally was just talking. We were sitting on the couch. I was telling her about like how uh, like we'll look in the West Loop or something for like an apartment. And then all of the all of the ads I'm getting now on Instagram, like every other ad that I get is like apartments in the West Loop. So like, 
I know it's 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 a real thing, man. Like I, I get the same thing on on Instagram too. It's like mm-hmm. uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever the case is. Like, I mean, we could. I think we were talking about I, I don't know, probably like cat litter or something random. And I mean, granted, we have a cat, right? So, right. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, there was there was something even more random. But I, I've seen like people testing it out on YouTube where they'll like show like, hey, I'm just gonna talk about this for whatever in front of the camera. And then, like mm-hmm. the next day or so, they'll have an ad for it. So yeah, that's pretty cool, man. You're <laughs> you're you're signing up for it though, because I don't know if I don't know if this is still the case. This is probably from like five six years ago, but I remember I deleted the Facebook app immediately after finding out. And what I've at this point, I've redownloaded it because Facebook still owns most of my life. But um, I remember they came out, and someone like pointed out in the terms of service, at least on like the iPhone app, if mm-hmm. basically like. If you download the app, then you are giving them the freedom to use your microphone and your camera, even while you're not using the app. Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Facebook's an advertising company and like, you know, Google's an advertising company. Like they're not in the business of search or like, you know, social networking. Mm -hmm. It's, it's to, um, this is where I sound very conspiracy theory. It's let's hear it. uh, The users are the product that the company sells. Oh, no, that's not conspiracy. That's <laughs> fact, man. That's fact at the end of the day. True. Yeah, I think my favorite my favorite uh, comment about that was, if the product is free, you are the product. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, so anything you're downloading for free, they're just mining your data at that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Damn, I was going to go somewhere with it. Oh, are, are, you, are you iPhone guy? Are you yeah. IPhone, right? Or I do, iPhone? yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm a self-admitted Apple fanboy, but like, I literally tell this to everyone, like they, at least up until now and, uh, but you know, and for the time being, like, they're probably the only company that I actually trust in my data for the simple fact that what you're saying earlier, they're not an advertising company. Like they make yeah. their, they make, they make their, their profit off of selling overpriced hardware and software uh, or over, over, overpriced hardware, which is fantastic and lasts a long time. So I will say that it's well worth it. But, um, you know, they're, they're not in the business of advertising to us. So I feel like if there was any of these top tech companies that I would be willing to have my data, you know, be encrypted on whatever the case is, it would probably be with them. Plus, at least, yeah. I don't know if you remember the thing, you know, after the San Bernardino shooting, like they actually like stood up to the FBI and the government were like, yeah, now like our, our users' privacy is more important than creating yeah. our key. And I, I don't know what eventually ended up coming from that. I know the FBI eventually made it in, but still, that was, yeah. But was, I was, I was see at the time, like, that gesture publicly yeah for sure and um i i have a i have a conspiracy theory that i don't know if it's backed up by any like hard evidence that um the reason apple products are so expensive compared to like a lot of android phones um like i i think a lot of flagship android phones are now um like in the same price range as like you know flagship iphones but like before when you know Androids were like a few hundred dollars and iPhones were like eight or $900. It was because um, like Android phones were, um, they were subsidizing the purchase price with um, like the promise that that would sell your data to like advertisers. Um, and they were making most of their money from like advertising, whereas Apple was making all their money entirely from hardware. <clears throat> okay. I mean, that that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, to a certain degree because, because Google... Uh, who creates Android was that like they didn't have their own line of phones early on. Like it was primarily like Samsung, LG. Mm-hmm. What's the first? There's like the G1 or like the first Google phone G1 and G2 that came out. Yeah, I think that was LG. 
No, no, I, that that was that was Google, I thought. Yeah, yeah, but the 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 manufacturer was LG, I think. It was either LG or like HTC, like one of those early. Like Google didn't make oh. any hardware at the beginning. Because oh, so there was nothing before the Pixel then, because I know the Pixel came out. A couple yeah, years. I know the Pixel. The Pixel was the first uh, like phone that Google themselves like manufactured. But before that, they had um, I don't I don't remember what they were called. They were called Nexus phones, is what they were called, and those phones were made by um, like other companies, but okay. um, with like that pure Android sort of like experience. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been I've been iPhone for. 11 years now i think 2009 was when i got my first one mm-hmm. so i like i feel like it's totally true once you're in the ecosystem it's incredibly difficult to get out of yeah for sure you know but <laughs> i feel like but i feel like everything just it works and I yeah. so uh I, I think honestly one, one of my favorite features which i literally just used while i was setting this up with you is being okay. able to like copy on my computer and paste it on my phone and vice versa right like Copy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like it's just like little things like that. Where I'm like, oh my god, this makes so much sense. I would have never thought about it, but like, it's mm-hmm. like one of those things that saves your life. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't all know. Of, <laughs> all of my hardware. I think I'm just inviting people to break into my apartment at this point. Like every like electronic I own, besides like my cameras and my TV, um, are all like Apple devices. Even like the monitors on my on my desk are all. Apple. Um, they're both like Apple. Yeah. Is that wait so? Saying that those are easier to break into? No, no, I'm just, I think I'm creating a security situation for myself <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay, we won't tell anybody where you live and I will right. hide your real name or something. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, no, too late. This is already on the internet. Can't do anything about it. Um, yeah, I need to get, it'd be nice. I, I mean, I, I haven't had like, do, do you have an Apple laptop or is it a desktop? I have, um, yeah, I have an Apple, I have a MacBook Pro. Um, okay. Yeah, and I also have a Mac Pro that I use for work, um, but my personal computing is all MacBook Pro. Gotcha. Okay. Do yeah. You feel like that's enough to handle all of your. Do you do all your photo editing and stuff on there? I do. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that. I, what, what are some softwares that you use? Give us give us some tips and tricks. I mean, I'm not a photographer, but I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mostly um, all of my photo editing is done. I can do it all on my phone, like entirely, if I really wanted to. Um, so, Isn't that the best? Yeah. I literally, I literally do all my video editing on my phone too. Yeah, literally from like, um, like connecting the camera to my phone, I can do that, like get the images off of the card, like on just my phone, um, import them in the Lightroom, edit them, um, finishing touches in Visco, and then just like post it. It's like that easy for me, which is why I love, I use my iPad mostly for it, but I could use my phone. Is the iPad just like, your screen and... Finer detail, yeah. essentially. Yeah, um, I love the screen on the iPad. I love my iPad Pro. iPad Pro. Um, yeah, I, never, I, I never, love an intro. I never got an iPad just because I could never justify what I would use it for. But photos mm-hmm. definitely sound like. Now, actually, the fact that I do so much editing on my phone now, um, from an audio and, and video standpoint, I feel like would be somewhat beneficial if I had a bigger screen or bigger kind of workspace. But yeah, I don't for know, sure. I, the 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 workflow and kind of user interface for some of these apps is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like, I, I I guess I'm comparing it to iMovie, which I was using before, and a little Final Cut Pro here, talking about video mm-hmm. editing. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, like some some of like the one two five dollar apps that I've downloaded like far exceed the capabilities and can do exactly what I need them to do. Yeah, which is like amazing to me. 
Like, do, you, do you do any video editing yourself or is it primarily photo? I, I do. I dabble in video editing. Um, I just don't shoot enough video to like, you know, have video editing be my main like thing. But to your point about the iPad, I think you'd actually really like it because I've been using um, my iPad for um, like I have it connected to Logic for when I do um, like music production. And um, it, it has like a native like uh, like there's an iPad app called Logic Remote that you can use. Um, and you can also use your iPad as like a MIDI like output um, or like an audio output and in, like into Logic without any other hardware besides just your iPad, your laptop, and like the cable. When, when or why would that come in handy if you're using that as an output? Like, are you playing stuff from your iPad then? Yeah. So I have like a couple of apps that, um, like, I have a drum machine app. Um, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's um, something I use a lot. There's some really, really nice. Um, like sounds from that app and you know like it's a whole like synth like thing that you can oh dope. Uh, okay yeah and you can play it on your ipad and like just wire the out like the audio output to your macbook pro and listen to it all through your headphones um so it's like kind of like like it's 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 an instrument by itself basically at that point oh dope. okay cool cool yeah actually... what you think about i'll uh i'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know if that's enough for me We'll see, uh -huh. we'll see. We'll see if there's uh, if that can convince me. But um, maybe next time I, I meet up with you, I'll see what you're. What yeah, you're for sure. For. Yeah, um, but yeah, to your point about like being able to do everything on your phone, like I think that's amazing. Um, because you know, it wasn't that long ago that you would need to buy like a six thousand dollar camera to you know like be a photographer. But oh, now, four K, like yeah, that, that blows my mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think it's going to be not that much longer before we start seeing, um, you know, like speaking as a photographer, I, I would love to see, you know, um, like photographers using their phones as, mm -hmm. as their primary cameras, you know, in like rural India or like Africa. Um, you know, like it just kind of opens up these like communities to, to like uh, content creation. And that's, that's what excites me a lot about the fact that you can do all this stuff with your phone. I mean, it's uh, who's it? it was Gary V. I don't know if you follow him at all, but like yeah. he's literally talking about how for you know a thousand dollars, probably less, because you don't necessarily need an iPhone, but like mm -hmm. you, you you're walking around with a full studio in your in your pocket. Like you can record, capture, edit, and then also distribute. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like and and be up online and available to the rest of the world in in mm -hmm. minutes if you wanted to be. Whether, yeah. whether that's like photos, whether that's video, music, you know what I mean? Like obviously for the for the the purists or perfectionists or or professionals, maybe even like you may want to go in and refine things and you have certain workflow. But like, yeah, I mean, to me it's it's incredible to be able to just do stuff like that on the go. And I think that's the most important thing is being able to do it on the go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um yeah, and that's it's like you know we're in we're in a period of time in society and like the the timeline of humanity that um, we're very exponentially approaching a point where um, you know like I think phones are going to continue becoming like more and more powerful. Wait, wait, bro, are, are, you, are you talking about the singularity? Is that where we're going? Yeah, with? okay. I think that's where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're all gonna be, tell me more. No, I just think we're all going to be. Um, well, not we're all going to be. I think all of our devices are going to be like so like obscenely powerful. Um, mm -hmm. Like think about how phones, like you know, like the first or second iPhone, and how we thought that was amazing, and how like 
we were like, this puts all these communication like capabilities in the palm of your hand. And now we're at this point, give it another like two or three years. And I think we're going to see an equal like step up from where we were like, you know, the first iPhone to now. Um, yeah. Technology is just like progressing at a crazy, crazy rate. Well, if you think about the fact that the iPhone is what, 12, a little over 12 years old, like, yeah. And how, how far is it? Like the, you know, the phones before this were literally like, text messages were super cool. And now like yeah. I can jump on Instagram live, like literally every morning I'm just like, I'll get my coffee and I jump on Instagram live and I'm talking to people from all over the world, which is mm-hmm. incredible. To me. Like the fact that that technology exists, not just here, but also like the rest, I shouldn't say the rest of the world, but you know, a lot of other parts of the world that are still developing um, mm-hmm. are, you know, are having that technology where I, I think what's fascinating is, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the third world countries are going to skip, uh, PCs entirely, right? Because like, yeah, it, like they never had the means. It was never like part of the the culture and and um, ecosystem there. But like phones mm-hmm. can pretty much replicate everything that you would need to do anyway, unless it's super high end. Yeah, for sure. And I actually did a case study on this when I was in college um, about um, like cattle farmers and in, in like rural Kenya. Mm-hmm. Basically, like they like you know you have apps that can deliver. Um, like price lists and and like you can you can sell cattle like on your phone you know and like yeah it's wild and like they have they have ways to very quickly deploy um like for example like one thing i think is amazing is that um if you know like if you know someone in in like a very rural part of kenya is like um like pregnant and expecting yeah um and they don't have a midwife around to like make sure that they smoothly get through that process. Um, there's ways of very quickly and very easily deploying that information via cell phone to someone who will then be able to use it to mm-hmm. kind of be like an ad hoc midwife. Yeah. You talk about virtually or in per- actually it could be both, right? Like yeah, gig economy, you can hire someone just for that. Mm-hmm. Well, that and and just like the information, like, like deployment um, is enough to comfortably make someone who's never done that kind of thing into someone who can capably like deliver a child. Actually, that to me is probably one of the most amazing things. Every time I think about it, it blows my mind even more. Just the availability of information that we Mm -hmm. have at our fingertips, right? Which just, excuse me, wasn't there even a generation ago, right? Like think about Mm -hmm. it, think about our parents. Like if they wanted to know, (laughs) if, if they wanted to know how many seasons of a television show or how tall like Mount Everest was, Mm-hmm. And it was and it was 11 p.m. at night. They would have to wake up the next morning, go drive or walk to a library, find the encyclopedia, and get that information there. And like, yeah, now I can find that out. I I don't even have to type it in. Like, I can ask my phone. And my phone, say, hey Siri. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like Siri, Alexa. Like they they have like a good you know even 75 percent accuracy is good enough. <laughs> to, yeah. To be able to get that information to me within 30 seconds. Yeah, for sure. So I still remember like, you know, that like 12 volume, like Encyclopedia Britannica, but like. <laughs> I still see, it's still sitting in my parents' house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they definitely have something up there. Yeah. Yeah. And you could see who like the president of Bolivia was in like 2003. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, a w- Wikipedia, like, you know, the around, um, it was a black Friday and the holidays, like there's always people asking for money. Right. But I yeah. feel like Wikipedia is the only one that I consistently like, 
will donate my at least three dollars or whatever they say like if everybody reading this right now donates whatever like every time yeah. i see that i'm just like yes take my money because this is well worth it i've used wikipedia and gotten much more value than whatever you're asking for right yeah now. for sure you know there's people out there who they maintain um they maintain like storage drives like external storage drives that just have like wikipedia volumes on them oh really like but, they download like the entirety of wikipedia like in case humanity like collapses or something is and, this like, is this are they part of wikipedia or is this like a volunteer program i don't think it's i think it's just like random people who like are like preppers or whatever and like they'll they'll just like have like one terabyte hard drives of like as many wikipedia pages as they can fit and it's kind of like they think it's going to be like a codex of like human like humanity's knowledge <laughs> I, I was thinking almost more cryptocurrency and Bitcoin at that point, where it's just like you want to make sure there's enough uh, enough people with backups of the system so that it can all verify it at some point. But yeah, yeah, I guess I guess I mean, hey, apocalypse might be happening right now, so it's it's. I mean, thank you, thank you for downloading these um, <laughs> the Wikipedia pages. Yeah, we laugh at you now, but give it like two months. <laughs> no, no, I'm not even laughing anymore because we're we're in the, we're in the thick of it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> at least that's what we're told. Mm -hmm. um, cool, man. Well, what else is going on with you? Honestly, I'm kind I mean, of enjoying this whole – what's that? I was going to say, like, yeah, I was literally going to ask, like, any other plans for uh, the next couple of weeks, like, while you're at home? No. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, no, I get to get like, – I, I, I dabble. Like I'm, I'm really okay. into, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not, I'm, really I'm not, into, really, no. I'm, I'm into like storytelling games. Like I'm into really strong stories. Like GTA five to me had a really good story. And, mm -hmm. um, I don't, I know a lot of people don't see it like that, but like, I was really into the story. Like, and you know, Far Cry four, uh, Uncharted, like I'm into games like that. Okay. Um, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a, I would love actually I, if there's a game that I do want to play, uh, I think it's by the same studio, Rockstar, mm -hmm. um, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Have you tried that? I've I've played it. I think it's just like I mean I have time to do it now, but I think when I tried it, like just the the mental investment required to like really get into it was like it's a pretty high, like I don't have that kind of fortitude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I get bored very easily. It's the same thing with the TV shows, like yeah. I give up on things very easily. <laughs> So, so it's. Are you saying that it's got to grab you at some point, or like yeah. right away? Yeah. Okay. Well, not right I, away, but like, um, like I can get I'm, into something. I'm just trying to figure out the difference between Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption too, because I, I I heard that they're somewhat similar. Yeah, I think Red I mean, Dead Redemption. Um, I think it's more serious in tone. Like Grand Theft Auto was kind of like one giant joke the whole way through. <laughs> but uh red dead redemption 2 like they really pay attention to the storyline um like there's still some gags in it but like it's a much more like serious story yeah um all the way through so and that's like grand theft auto is like really good at at sort of like grabbing you and like holding your attention the whole way but red dead redemption is like more um like there's a story and there's a gradual like unpacking of it mm -hmm. um and so that's that's um i don't have the brain to I have a very small attention for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, to me, like one of the reasons that I don't get into those big games now is simply the fact that like, I know how easily I can get sucked into something and then mm -hmm. it just consume every part of me. And I find that the older I get, the more responsibilities and I have and things that I want to do and, 
projects that I'm involved with. So I just feel like the responsible thing wouldn't be to <laughs> to jump into yeah. a game. Which I would love to because like that, like it's it's weird how like my gaming just kind of fell off a cliff once I finished school. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, uh, and I guess like I'll probably date myself, but you know, like I was really big into like the Halo series. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just because I, I love the storyline, right? Like, I mean, multiplayer was fun, but like, I never, I never did multiplayer on my own, where I would just play online against other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old enough where if you remember Halo One, like, we, this is before WhatsApp groups, all right? This is before yeah. WhatsApp groups. This is, this is me calling up Dan and Amar and being like, "Hey, we're getting together at this guy's place. Do you have an extra TV? Because this is the first Xbox, and <laughs> we need someone to bring their yeah. Xbox. We need someone to bring their TV." And we're all going to do an eight-player like land in the same room. Uh-huh. Uh, so like that, that was a different one. But like to me, I, I always enjoyed the uh, the storyline aspect of it when I was playing games like that on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I definitely get what you're talking about. Yeah, I think for me, it's like 100% the story. Like I I can't get involved in something um, like whether it's a TV show or a game or a book unless like um, the story is just like captivating enough to me. Mm-hmm um yeah <laughs> that's crazy no i was just i was asking literally because like i'm i keep hearing about animal crossing uh-huh. I've, I've never tried it before but i've been trying to turn my wife into a gamer so that we could play a game together uh-huh. I like the social aspect of it but yeah i don't know i don't maybe this probably isn't the best time so <laughs> i'll probably hold off for a bit <laughs> you know what? Um, when you're you're expecting soon right like soon man yeah less than, three weeks. <laughs> less than three weeks coming up man man so are you I'm like trying to, i'm trying to get all my sleep in now before uh-huh. I... <laughs> are you like overwhelmed like what's what's going through your head uh no not really um i you know she's done a great job my wife is amazing she's uh definitely on top of things mm-hmm. um so I feel like on the whole, I like we as a unit are prepared. Um, I feel like she's done a good job of like making sure I'm involved in a lot of the things that I need to be involved in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I never, I never looked at it because people are always like, "Oh man, are you freaking out? Are you scared? Or what's the case?" And I like, to me, I, I always took, I always approach it with the mindset that like, you know, people have been having babies for thousands of years with much less equipment and much less like they didn't have Google at their fingertips, right? For like, what happens mm-hmm. if the baby does this? So for me, I'm just like, we'll figure it out. Like it'll be fine. Yeah. Like we we thankfully are in a position where we're privileged enough to have the th- the things that we have and uh, the access to resources and information that we have. Um, so in a sense, not worried at all. I think the only thing that concerns me is about being in a hospital in the next couple of weeks because yeah, <laughs> right. So, but you know, real talk, like I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Goes. Can I just ask, like, who asks you those questions? Is it other fathers, or is it like people who have, who don't have kids? Uh, probably people. I feel who like don't. I know the answer. Yeah. Yeah, probably people who don't have kids, because uh-huh. because uh, the people who do have kids that I'll talk to will be like, "Man, you don't know what you signed up for." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. I've heard this from independently from like several different parents. Is that um, like getting? You think your your life changes when you get married? But like it really doesn't. Uh, I mean, not not on the same level. If you're gonna no. compare them, yeah, your life yeah. really changes when you have a kid. <laughs> we'll find out. I'll report back here, <laughs> or, or I won't, or I won't. Maybe yeah. I won't have time. <laughs> a follow up interview. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but cool, dude, I, I really appreciate you doing this. This is fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, but stay safe, man. We'll, uh, I mean, if you're down, we'd love to have you back on sometime. We can chat more once this Corona stuff is done and hopefully you're back out taking photos and doing videos. Or actually, if you, um, if, if, uh, not, I shouldn't say if, but let me know how the recording goes. Or the, gosh, I'm like literally tripping on all my words. Let me know how the remix goes. Yeah. Um, would love to hear it. And uh, maybe we can like jump on and debut it here or something like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Sounds good. I'm, mess, I'm messing with the software now and I think I can like share my screen and probably like do weird things with the audio. So we might be able to That'd get a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll, thank I'll, you. There's more. All right, man. I appreciate it. You take care. Yeah. See you later, man. Later. Let me go ahead and.